Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Rory Burke and Alex O'Regan of Cork Progress Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector, all one name. Children walk the streets to roll. Oh, 
Unfathomable loneliness of the deep space prospector with Corpse's orbit and Cork three piece. Pretty happy with Mr. Krabs. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast, dropping every Wednesday evening via Cork's Red FM and RedExtra.ie. We're also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all of your podcasting apps. This week in the podcast, we're talking with Rory Burke and Alex O'Regan of the aforementioned Cork Proggers to give them their full moniker, Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the deep space prospector. Boys, how are we? Pretty good. Yeah, Pretty damn good. I think good. It was like we were kind of sitting on it for a long time, kind of like through kind of like throughout the mixing process. Like it's, it's been over like kind of a good few months since we actually like recorded it and even wrote the album. So it's kind of. It's a bit of a kind of a weight off our shoulders, almost just to kind of get it out, and it's been a good reaction so far as well. I think people people seem to be enjoying it and having fun with it. So definitely, and considering yeah. how long we spent on it as well, there was a, there was about like two months of just back and forth with like tiny tweaks to the mixing. Um, even after we had done like you know ninety nine percent of the work, there was a whole lot of time just waiting around. So it's kind of a relief now that's actually finally finished, that it's finally up and out and out via teletext recordings as well. Uh, with their assistance, how have they been to work with? Uh, good fun. Yeah, it's kind of like they they're they're very like easy to work with in a lot of ways because like they kind of just let us do our thing, um, and like they're always kind of available to kind of give kind of like second opinions and like when this gigs going on, they've always been helpful in organizing gigs or like trying to get support slots and things like that. So it's been mm. really helpful, but it's also been like quite nice that we don't have like this force above us that is like telling us what to do. It's, they're just kind of like there to help when we need it and. And then, kind of, any way we can try and help them back is kind of all mutually beneficial. Yeah, especially considering they basically like uh, sorted the entire launch gig for us almost mm. single handedly. Yeah. It's kind of a case of like, oh, you guys need a gig. Oh, look, we got e gig. Yeah. 
We'll talk a little bit more about the album and its launch in a little while. But first, you're breathing rarefied air as far as a local prog band that, you know, has created this massive, uh, intricate world for yourselves in, 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 in the internal universe of your lyrics and of your songwriting. And we'll tease that out. But first, uh, maybe take us a little bit into your own backgrounds. What maybe compelled you to pick up an instrument and start making weird noises in the first place? I think we were really bored with kind of the standard music that we had been playing previously. Uh, we, we got started as a band doing kind of really standard, bluesy, rocky stuff. Uh, and that was fun for that was fun for a while, but eventually we kind of said, "Well, we're kind of just re- redoing the same thing over and over again here. Uh, let's let's do something weird, and it'll, it'll make people, you know, it'll pique people's interests. It'll make them cock their head." Um, and we, we we've kind of gotten uh, kind of almost made a craft out of it at this stage, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah our guitars it, it's and stuff. weird because like yeah, the blues kind of stuff is kind of where we kind of like had our foundation, and like the the three of us have kind of been playing together like since we were. Kind of since we all started, like we all kind of started playing music, I suppose around the same time, around like fourteen, fifteen. So we've kind of like played together at our literally at our worst and at our most like uh, kind of like disadvantage disadvantage as well. So kind of like this was it was kind of a progression from like playing all these like terrible like Red Hot Chili Peppers covers in in like my back room. Oh god! And then kind of going on then to starting a blues band and then eventually kind of just really getting tired of that. And then it was kind of just out of nowhere, just kind of like took this much stranger route, which I think like with the song Stingo, which was like the first kind of song we wrote Hmm. for Gilbert as such. Hmm. Yeah. In terms then of kind of marking the point where one thing ends and the other begins, um, you talk obviously about blues being a big influence and that comes across hugely in the music. But um, in reaching Gilbert or the etc etc um, there seems to be a lot of other kind of influences that have kind of informed not only you know it's songwriting but you know everything that kind of comes as part of its creative package what compelled you to put together a band that is also telling a concept story over a number of works can you kind of divulge to us where the ideas came from and how they've manifested themselves yeah I'm, I suppose like it, a lot of it came from like I've, I was, I've always personally kind of been drawn to the the idea of concept albums and kind of concept works and as well as just always having kind of like a, a kind of a love for like sci-fi and like westerns and it was kind of a back and forth a lot of the time because while I was living in England on Erasmus kind of in 2017 where myself and Mick kind of who's the bass player and other, one of the other singers in this band we were kind of just going back and forth with these ideas and I just remember there was kind of just one night where we were talking and this idea is back and forth back and forth of this like fictional story and it was just like it was like oh what about this and what about this and it's just kind of like spitballed into this hmm. huge kind of story and then it became almost like a way to like kind of like aid our songwriting it was just that you're like picturing a scene for that each song takes place in and it just just kind of like, like just kind of like just there was this flow to it that just made it so much easier to write because hmm. like, I know for myself personally that like if I try and sit down and just write about like oh this is what I think about a certain subject it's just I just draw a blank whereas if it's like describing a scene or writing like a passage about like a certain event that I'm just making up from my head it just flows yeah. Whereas, it, yeah it also helped that like there was kind of a vacuum of subjects that we that we all kind of wanted uh, to write about and that we felt strongly enough about that we would write about them we're pretty docile individuals so we don't feel super strongly about like modern issues and stuff that we'd write a song about them but it was really fun it's really fun coming up with these like funny kind of goofy hypotheticals 
and uh, making really strange music off of them. Digressing from the blues then, musically, uh, what have been your biggest informers in terms of creating the kind of spacey, doomy, stonery prog that uh, Gilbert has come to represent? I would say a lot of Primus. Yeah, I mean, there's always kind of been like, I suppose like that influence kind of like Primus, and I would say probably like All the Witches are probably like our biggest yeah. probably influence as a band that like, it almost had to kind of, like in some earlier kind of songs, we were like, all right, we can't do that. We're just we're just ripping off all them witches. So then it was like yeah. trying to find this balance of like we were trying to like carve our own sound while also like, you know, you sometimes subconsciously take an influence from kind of like what you're listening to. And I know that like we were listening to like things like Fugazi and um, the OCs and things like that. And it was just kind of like this kind of noisier, more spacey kind of rock stuff and like things that just kind of like weirder arrangements. And, and then I feel like then just like, from a kind of like a songwriting perspective that like when we were playing in the blues band it was just Alex singing and then having myself and Mick start singing as well just had this other dynamic where like none of us kind of know how to sing I suppose properly so it was like alright let's just start doing crazy stuff let's start yelling and let's start playing characters and just kind of riffing off that hmm, definitely when we come back we'll talk a little bit about the process of putting down an album in studio as well as unveiling a concept and a live band together but first, we're going to go back to some more tunes. Uh, we have recently disbanded Cork Post Rockers, Aerialist with 6466. Yeah, and I'm really gutted that Aerialist have, uh, have broken off. It's uh, a shame. It was their, um, I think it was like, the first time I actually seen them was their last gig. And I was just absolutely heartbroken. Mm. I was like, oh, so, and like, I under, like, after talking to the guys, I understood why. But, uh, Oh damn! It. I was like, it was it was such a good gig that I was just like, why the hell is this the first time I've seen them? And it was just because I was never in Cork when when they were gigging, and then it was just like suddenly the first time I saw them, it was just done. And I was like, and then they only released their that EP quite recently, and like listening to like back to forth, back back and front, back and front. And I was like, damn, this is yeah. I've been listening to that. At least they're forever immortalized on the uh, on yeah. the web. <laughs> yeah. There's something of them there because I remember my band was supporting them. Uh, Richie Pierce was running the uh, in the attic sessions upstairs in the Friary. This was two years ago now. Mm. Um, and my band was opening up for that evening, etc. And I just remember watching them in this little space that can hold 20 people, you know, and just being mesmerised by what they were doing. So a real loss to the core community, but I'm sure the lads are going to go on and do different other things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're they're too important. creative not to, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you also have Appenim, local metalers with Grandstander. Oh, tune. Oh, my God. Absolute tune. Oh, the... <gasps> They're they're one of the, they're one of the best around. Like just in terms of like any time, I I feel like Appenham are one of those bands that like when you see them, everyone else feels like all right now we have to up our game. It's like if like if if like if they can yeah. like play like every song like to that like level of precision, it's like all right like no, we don't have any. It's like everyone has to like up their, their level to like match Appenham. Like they're yeah they get a ridiculous vibe. Oh they do game, and, and like. Oh, it's just like the songwriting is just so like original and just so cool, especially like within like you know like the metal kind of genre as well. They just like do so many creative things, but also it's just like so fun to listen to. Yeah, and everyone's just you know, throwing shapes and dancing at their gigs. And it's just it's always good fun. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, that's a great song. Grand Sander is such a good song. It is. But first, we're gonna go to Aerialist with six four six six here on Red on Red.
Appenim with Grandstander here on Red on Red, still joined in studio by Rory and Alex of Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector. Before the jump, we were talking about how, you know, a concept of a band that kind of, you know, predicates around scenes from a, a sci-fi western all comes together. The technicalities of recording an album are always, you know, the big, both the biggest joy and the biggest catch for any musician in terms of the process, you know, doesn't necessarily always go at the speed that you would desire, as you alluded to earlier. Maybe bring us a little bit into how you took those initial kind of goofy concepts that you were throwing back and forth and threaded them all into a concept of songs that would go on to form your debut album. It was probably worth saying anyway, straight away, that we definitely baffled... uh we started we started recording with Chris. He was definitely a little bit perplexed. This is Chris Summers now, formerly of Elastic Sleep. The Mr. Yeah. Summers, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he was definitely... Uh, we, we definitely perplexed him a little bit at the start, but he, he caught on pretty quickly um, that we were just trying to act like weirdos. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it was... like... Yeah, well. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think it was... Um, like From that process, it was just... Uh, I, I think we definitely didn't anticipate... Um, Kind of like how difficult uh, it would be to kind of like you know record. I think because like we all we went in almost thinking like oh yeah you know nine tracks, two days done and dusted, like no problem, get everything mm. done, any overdubs, any vocals, whatever done how dusted is. And we it's like were. we were just we were incredibly naive from that approach. I suppose we'd never kind of really been in a studio before and like just completely went in blind, kind of thinking like oh yeah we'll you know one take everything and everything will be fine. And that that really wasn't uh, <laughs> wasn't the case, but. uh I think it was it ended up being a very like harmonious relationship that we ended up having with Chris Summers, which that we just kind of like as we kind of like go for lunches on the first day and things like that, we just like said, all right, this is what the story is, and like this is what we want to do, and this is what we're trying to like achieve, and this is like the feel we want to go for, and hmm. like he just he just ate it up really fast. He just like really got into it, and like and he yeah. and like everyone seemed to be having fun, and he seemed to like be really enjoying it. That he was like, all right, this is definitely like something different than I'm like wasn't really expecting to work on that it wasn't just kind of just your average kind of project yeah it was pretty mind-blowing as well how he like engineered some of the uh some of his kit to like uh get, get our get our weird sounds out we were kind of trying to explain to him with really badly recorded um rehearsals um what kind of sounds we wanted to make and he was like, oh man, it was mind-blowing watching some of the stuff he did. He'd have like yeah. three cabs stacked on top of each other. Yeah, some like the technical wizardry, because like there's kind of a lot of our songs where he'll use elements of like feedback and kind of just squeals and noises. And uh, it was just like, that's one thing, kind of like doing that live and then trying to like capture that same feel on a record is like real challenge is what we kind of found. But like I remember there was one particular segment in the song Stingo where it was like a four-man operation just to get these like squealy sounds where... I was muting the 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 line with a, a tuner. Chris was pitch shifting the feedback with a pitch with a pitch shifter pedal. Me, uh, Mick was standing there with his bass feeding back, and you were recording it in the control room. So it was like this four man process for just like squealy sounds in the middle of a song. He's like, Alex, start recording. I was yeah. like, Okay, how how do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Before we go back to talking, I suppose, about the concept behind the record and maybe getting an explanation for the whole thing for those that aren't familiar. Recording aside, mixing and post-production was also done with Chris, correct? Definitely, yeah. And therein, as the old uh, adage goes, the waiting is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Maybe talk to us a little bit about the process of mixing the album, putting it all together, and uh, what wait, what laid for you in post. Yeah, I suppose it was kind of like, it was a lot of back and forth um, 
between Chris because like I, I, I like immediately we we knew like Chris was a perfectionist and that it was like like we wanted we he wanted to make sure that we were going to be happy with it but also that he was happy with it so there was a lot of like back and forth of changing kind of sounds and just slight tweaking of drum sounds slight tweaking of like vocal delays and like guitar t- so tone, uh, guitar tones and even just like like it was kind of like each step just kind of got us closer and closer and like because when we got the first like pre-mixes we were like oh this sounds great because just of like pure excitement of like hearing ourselves recorded we were like oh this sounds great and then we compared those like kind of early kind of just untouched mixes with like the final take and we were like what were we thinking mm-hmm. how do we think this was amazing when it's just raw files but uh yeah, it was it was a cool process because like it was like we were sending kind of reference tracks to Chris and just kind of getting back and forth and I'd go out to his studio and kind of just like tweak certain things and just constantly go back and forth and then um for like the kind of like some of the narrative sections on the album I was recording those remote, remotely kind of like with bringing people in and kind of doing field recordings and like setting up things so then I was bringing the mixes to him and then hmm. we were doing back and forth like I'd go back and re-record some takes that were a bit too noisy and it was just kind of this constant back and forth so I suppose like that kind of led to the kind of a bit longer of a waiting period than we expected like when when we finished the album people were asking us like when is it coming out and we were like ah two or three weeks will be out and then that was in October and then it's, 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 it's the like, reality the reality hit yeah. in pretty hard and I suppose like, we were just <laughs> we just kind of assumed that it was just like you just tick a box and it's done and but I think it's like we kind of just didn't anticipate how much stuff we'd want to tweak, and then as the more and more we tweaked, and the more we realized, like we have to get this like right. We have to make sure that we're completely happy with it. I mean, I even remember like cutting down a specific segment of the song "The Glass" just to be like, just this section. Can you add more delay? Just this one section. It was just like getting really into the nitty gritty of it, which yeah. I suppose was mm. I probably didn't anticipate getting that much into the. The finer details of it, but I just couldn't help myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, we proper meticulous towards the end. Yeah. It's worth it, though. Uh, I'm, I'm super proud of how it turned out now. Yeah. So, for those that aren't in the loop, then on Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector, I'm learning it by heart now. Yes. Um, <laughs> is a sci-fi western concept, of course, told across a number of songs and other related works. For those that aren't in the know, uh, kind of bring us through exactly what the concept is without any spoilers for anything <laughs> yeah I mean I suppose like in its simplest form it's it's a story about four characters uh, uh, Merc Pigeon Wichita Sunshine and Gilbert and kind of from then on our aim was kind of like the, like we have this like massive story kind of like unfolding in our heads kind of between the three of us but kind of with our approach to the album we kind of wanted like we gave us like on our band camp we gave a slight little introduction of just like here we are in a bar and kind of like this is how it all starts and then after that it was kind of like see what people make of it like if they make nothing of it if they just hear kind of like some noisy crazy tunes then it's like then that's cool but then if they piece together a story then that's cool too and like I've even had people like contact me since the album has come out and asking me like oh is this what the story is and it's, you almost mm. don't want to say no that's not what it is you almost want to say yeah sure cool it's gonna, like, it's cool to see like yeah. people take like, their own interpretation of the story because I suppose like to us when we listen to the album back to front it all makes perfect sense but to like an outsider I don't know kind of how coherent the story is or not at all so it's it's almost kind of like I think we, we kind of intentionally wanted to keep it that way because we were trying to find that balance of we wanted to have a narrative present but we also didn't want to like force it down on people that it's like you have to understand every beat of what's going on it's kind of just like if you take something from it or if you don't it's like either way it's cool because a lot of the kind of the narrative is almost just kind of 
as fuel for our writing process. We also felt like we I remember we were discussing lores of other universes before and like the, like our favorite ones and we kind of we kind of came to the conclusion that like a lot of it's best when you leave the digging to the to the like the consumer of the media like you know whoever the listener yeah individually yeah, yeah and like the, the kind of the magic is in the mystery and kind of uh, you're giving kind of like crumbs here and there and little kind yeah. of like yeah. bits here and there and that's and it was kind of like, and there are some songs kind of like where I feel like the narrative is kind of like pretty pretty strongly seen like in things like A Judge's Eye and even Gil- Gilbert's Dead but there's other songs where it's kind of like you can kind of take whatever you want from this and mm. I think that's been a lot of the fun of it that like for us it's very clear but we've had like friends of ours come up and be like I've cracked it this is what it is I, I know now and then sometimes they're they're close sometimes they're way off the back but you're just kind of like yeah maybe maybe that's it maybe it's not and yeah. then I think that's part of the fun of it that I, I'm glad to hear that people kind of have fun with uh, kind of this loose narrative kind of like as and we're having fun with like how like deeply constructed the narrative is but it's, it's cool to see everyone's kind of having fun with it hmm. of course you were talking there about you know coherent lores and coherent narratives and all of this uh, across different um, sci-fi franchises and what have you that you were taking in at the time is this the first part of an extended universe from the Gilbert boys uh, is music the only medium that is going to be put across um, what next for our space fair and heroes um, I think it's something that like we will like definitely continue to kind of like write and then but we also don't like we, we're going to continue kind of like writing along this narrative but I suppose we don't want to be I suppose because because we're creating it kind of like as we go and it's like we are the I suppose like the masters of it it's like there is no really kind of like limit to like what we we can do with it we can kind of like make it as as coherent or as daft as we like so I suppose like it's definitely as long as it keeps being fun to write in that way I think we will and uh, even like we've we've been writing since the release of the album and like we've been throwing ideas back and forth and they all are kind of just like expansions or just taking some different routes or kind of like just throwing curveballs in, in, into the story and again I think it'll be it'll be cool to kind of like follow on um, with kind of like different stories kind of like still kind of like existing within this larger scope and then kind of just see, see how people react to that like, do people kind of like still have fun with it or people still kind of like piecing it together I think it should be interesting to see how how people will respond to that and like We'll, we'll like, I, I hope that they'll have, kind of have as much fun as we do, kind of writing it. Yeah, yeah, we're su- yeah. we're super open as well to people. Like, like e- even as even when Rory was saying earlier about like you know people come up to us and be like, "Is this it?" It's it's cool when people uh, you know make their own stuff towards it. it we're, we're super open to the idea of people uh, totally just making up their own pieces pieces of the puzzle and just showing it to us. And, uh, we'll be like, "Dude, that's awesome!" Yeah. <laughs> like uh, if someone wants to write, you know, like a comic book, Gilbert. That's yeah, cool, man. <laughs> yeah, because that's always something like um, with kind of especially kind of like after seeing the album artwork when it came out, like I'd love at some point to be able to do like a graphic novel of of the story, and I think that would probably be the only context in which we'd kind of paint out the story for someone because I suppose it'd be you'd be reading it and kind of like looking at it. Whereas with the music, it's kind of fun to kind of like give crumbs here and there and let kind of people piece it together. But I think at some point. It'd be, I don't know if we ever would. Uh, I think I'd, I'd personally love to like do a graphic novel or something like that, just because I think that again, like none of us are really kind of like artists in that respect. That like, I don't think we like it wouldn't be an in-house job, but I think it'd be something that'd be cool to do, just uh, almost as a companion piece to the music. But yeah. um, we've we've no plans as of yet to do it. But I think it's just something we, we've like, kind of like thrown around. And I suppose when we're writing it, we're almost like 
writing like a movie in our heads kind of and mm. it's just kind of like it would just cool to kind of like see that in the visual yeah. visual aspect and to be fair we did have our friend Sean back and he was he was doing a project for his course where he he, he had an idea to possibly um it didn't work out in the end but to possibly make a music video of one of our songs and we were really stoked about the idea we, it never it never came to fruition in the yeah. end but it, it's really cool you know spitballing these ideas and how you can yeah. expand the the you know how you can make your creative juices flow in other yeah. ways and I, I think like the, the music videos might be like an avenue where we will kind of like kind of like start visualizing some stuff and like kind of like depending on the song depending on kind of like what we're feeling we may have videos that loosely tie into the story or videos that just are completely random just kind of like throw people off again but I think it'll, it'll I think down the line definitely we'll try and get some uh, some videos out just kind of like because we have a lot of friends and ourselves we have like a big interest in kind of like film ourselves and we have a lot of friends who are filmmakers or actors and writers I think it'd be cool just to kind of like have this big community effort to make more and more weird weird stuff definitely Cork City's Coheed and Cambria right here folks <laughs> when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about the album's launch at the Roundy as well as the reception that the album has had but first we're going to go back to some tunes uh, boys you have decided to pay your respects to Mr Chris Summers uh, with an airing of Elastic Sleep's Leave You single all hell yeah that's I feel that's like a defi- uh, I, I saw Elastic Sleep um, I think in 2014 in the Triscoll um, that would have been the f- no was that their was that their headline show or was that a it was a headline show okay yeah. as opposed to the quarter block party the following no it wasn't yeah. the clock, uh, quarter block party it was, a, it was a headline show they did there and uh, I think I was like I was just I just turned 18 so I was like only just barely allowed in nice. by the answer but I, I bought their their Leave You EP on vinyl and it was that that was kind of like where we decided to work with Chris was um, we were kind of like just spitballing ideas when we first decided to, to do a, an album and I was just looking through my recollection one day and I found that again and I listened to it and I was like damn this thing sounds great I was like really like like the guitar sounds on this and like the drums everything just sounds really good so I just like looked at the, the li- linear notes and I was just like oh I was like, this recording in Cork and this and I was like I've heard that name Chris Summers so I just like messaged him on Facebook and I was like uh, by any chance are you still doing this whole uh recording thing and then he sent me his website he was like my website's just been updated so here's my services and I was like ah oh, cool cool um, and then it's kind of like free yeah, I, was like, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like really just like fanboying out being like oh I love Elastic Sleep and that leave you such a great song and then he was like oh cool yeah thanks <laughs> so yeah it was kind of a, it was, yeah that, that song is like uh, that's one of my favourite songs just like flat out I think it's such a good good song and uh it's such yeah. a strange thing to see fanboying for Cork music of <laughs> a recent vintage. Not like not not yeah. that it's you know that, that there isn't like a, a bottom line of support among people in the community for each other's music, Absolutely. but rather people kind of discovering each other after a certain period of time has passed. Because Chris Summers, in turn, was only telling this story on stage at Quarter Block Party. Um, Mick Lynch of the post punk band Stump had recently mm. passed. And he related on stage that um, he was always afraid to talk to McClinch, as was I actually, <laughs> because we were all aware of what he had accomplished with the band. And now here he is, just one of the regulars at Fred Zeppelin's doing his crossword and talking to people. And none of us ever had the gumption to kind of approach him, lest he look at us like these pups coming to him looking for attention. <laughs> yeah. And then we never did kind of summon up the confidence to talk to him. Um, so it's kind of nice that that whole thing, number one, has kind of come full circle, but also it seems to have accelerated to where people are kind of shouting each other out for projects that would have been four or five years ago. but. By that same token, by this way is a timeline and a history maintained yeah. on the Cork music scene. Uh, let's bring it into the present, though. After Elastic Sleep, you have uh, Kerry Shoegazer's Dead Bog with Vending Machine. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's good. It's 
it's cool because it's Luke, Luke and Danny from Aerialist. Uh, it's, it's, I know that I think it's just really cool, kind of like two-piece sound. Yeah, I, that's I, I think Vending Machine is a great song. It's just it's uh, I think like shoegaze is a sound that you kind of don't see a lot, kind of around Cork, especially. I just like it's one of the rare they're, ones. They're such they've such a loud sound for a two-piece. Mm-hmm. Like when you see them live, it's like pretty deafening, but it's like, it just sounds so cool. It's just like they get such a big sound from from two lads on stage with a load of pedals and, and a drum kit. And, they're an awesome band. They yeah. they arguably make a much fuller range of frequencies than we do with three people yeah <laughs> yeah they, they cover a big sonic landscape yeah we'll get straight to it so this is elastic sleep with leave you here on red on red <laughs> Thank you. 
Dead Bog with Vending Machine here on Red on Red. Still joined in studio by Alex and Rory of Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector. Brand new album out now across all streaming services via Teletext Records. Lads, before we went to some music, we were talking a little bit about the creative process. We were talking about making sense of the story of Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector. Nice. And it all led up to the release of the record digitally, as mentioned, via Teletext, who, as you also alluded to earlier in the show, helped organise the launch. The launch itself went down in the Roundy uh, only a couple of weeks ago, which has become a stable, again, of Cork Music. It's had to, with the involvement mm. of Plugged Records, with the involvement in an aesthetic sense of the likes of Izzy Sokotska, uh, selling photography and other people there. Uh, there was briefly a bookstall there in the past couple of mm. months mm-hmm. as well. Um, I suppose maybe bring us through how the gig came together and uh, assembling a lineup for it. Yeah, um, I suppose it was. We, we really want like we kind of we settled that uh, kind of like when the album was ready and it had been mastered and we were like, all right, we're just gonna like we're gonna release it. We're not gonna be giving too much notice because it, it's always kind of been a pet peeve of mine. Kind of like to say like I was like, oh, we have an album coming in ten weeks time or something like that. Yeah. Kind of, we want just like <laughs> like we knew we didn't have we don't have a huge social media presence. We like we just wanted to. So like, all right, there's a few days notice. It's coming out we had soon. To, yeah, we had We're to fine tune the timing to make sure it had like a, a punch. Yeah. Because otherwise, it just would, you know, it's yeah, it just kind of fall under the radar. Yeah. But um, and then with kind of like we'd say like a launch gig, which being kind of like it'd be nice to because there's some of those songs on the record there like we've never played live, um, and we'd kind of like we'd never really kind of like planned to play live at all. And we said like it'd be cool to have this kind of a gig where we play the whole album start to finish, and. Um, and just kind of like, and we kind of like, ideally just kind of like for our friends and for like people who are interested. And then I was just chatting back and forth with Donna from Teletext, and kind of like just trying to sort out a venue, kind of like what would be a good place to do it. And he suggested uh, doing it with Plugged and the Roundy, um, and then it was kind of like just a, trying to find a slot that kind of suited because of all all three of us being in final year, kind of like exams and projects looming. So it was kind of like a bit of kind of back and forth trying to find a good spot for it. And then we just got quite lucky that someone pulled out uh, for March 22nd and with kind of about a week a week and a half's notice Donna said do March 22nd and plugged uh, either that will be a later date either in a different venue or we'll kind of have to figure it out after it so we just kind of said alright take it just go we'll go a week and a half yeah yeah. that was that was terrifying as well yeah. I, I remember I remember the day I got that message I was hammering away on my keyboard for a deadline for college yeah, and I was like ah yeah so we were just kind of like let's go for it let's just let's just do our best with it and then we were just kind of fiercely like messaging friends of ours and other bands of ours and be like guys can you support this night can you support can you support and a lot of people we were like clawing like, for a support act <laughs> yeah, actually, we, yeah you bloody got it though yeah, yeah absolutely there was a huge turnout uh, for the notice that you had uh, and especially with the venue's own kind of intimate surrounds it was uh, very often that you had a f- it's not very often that you have the floor cleared of all sorts of accoutrements or what have you to make standing room for a show. Yeah, absolutely. I was really blown away by the the mm, turnout because, too. like, um, we kind of like very last minute and like credit to to Arthur for coming and playing with as uh, Dennis as a landlord as well because again we gave him very short notice because again we were oh just, yeah, yeah. We were, that's the kind of thing he thrives off of. Oh, I'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were just kind of like throwing it back and forth. Like, All right, who could we get? And like lots of our friends we were asking, and they just we weren't available at such short notice or they had their own gigs those nights. And then uh, Arthur agreed to, to open for us, and then we were just kind of like full steam ahead, and we released the album on March twenty se- on March twentieth, and then on the twenty second was the gig. So we can like 
quickly like prepped ourselves and like kind of got back to speed with a lot of the songs that we probably hadn't even really played since oh, that was an emergency yeah. it's an emergency band and, practice uh, <laughs> yeah I, I was, we were like expecting like you know like 20 or 30 people to kind of turn up you know kind of our our, our friends and they'd bring a few of their kind of cohorts along and they're kind of like a band of merry men as such and then I was just really blown away by kind of like filling out the place because like I've been at lots of gigs in the roundy and you can always kind of like get a solid crowd there and it's it's kind of one of those places that if you get 20 people in there it looks full yeah uh, whereas, <laughs> and that's half yeah, the battle that's half yeah. the battle <laughs> <laughs> make, it, make it look full whereas like if you get 10 people then it can be a bit sparse looking and then I think we got like 70-ish people or something like that and that was the, the head count that uh, was JJ was giving us and I was, I was really yeah. blown away by that and that was awesome it was, it was a little bit intimidating but I, I was kind of glad that uh I didn't notice that there was that many people until the end because, like, as soon as we got up on stage, people were still filing in. I just took my glasses off and I, I couldn't see a thing. And then all I could see was the front row. And once I was sitting down behind the case, I was like, no glasses, there's lights on, I can see about 20 people. Cool. I can just start playing there. And then after I stood up the end, I was kind of like, oh, that's a lot of people. <laughs> it was a good buzz too as well. It was it was really energetic. It was, it was a buzzing. Yeah. Buzzing I, I, I was, it was good that... Uh, the, the few rowdy lads at the front, like who are the oh. usual suspects, they kind of kept the moshing to a minimum because it's a it's a pretty tight space and you, you kind of wouldn't want anyone getting hurt. But oh, yeah. uh, it disintegrated by the end though. Yeah, where there was that um, they had to let it out. Where there was that kind of, but it's that kind of weird mosh space where not everyone around is into it. Yeah. So it's the five or six people that are making space for themselves on the floor. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So we were always kind of like, lads, keep keep it calm, keep it calm, just to, just no, no. this one. Yeah. No, it's like, and it, but it was nice though because like again like the album had only come out like two days but like less than like 48 hours before but like there were some songs where people were like singing along and things like that and people were like seemed to be having a lot of fun with it and dancing and I was like this is like this is like probably the most comfortable I've ever felt playing a gig just because like people were just like, just vibing off the crowd and Hell people yeah. were like were, seemed to be having a lot of fun and like singing along and I was, again I was super jarred know, that people uh, knew the lyrics yeah, that was really that was really yeah. weird. People putting in the effort. Yeah, yeah. and all, all, crazy. I, I think I was just very glad to not have my glasses on as well because all I could see were like our friends at the front, so it felt like I was just playing to like <laughs> seven lads, and then I didn't really have the, like the nerves of playing to like people I wouldn't know and things like that. So that, that was really rewarding. The one thing that I was told once when I was nervous before a gig, I used to play in a sound art band called Mursk, and mm. we were supporting for Laura Shear, and I think this was twenty. 2009, 2010 and we were in front of like 150 people upstairs in the Camden Palace Hotel and it was Laura Sheeran wow. and she had, we were on after her so we weren't supporting we were thrown on like kind of to wrap up the evening after Laura Sheeran was finished like I'm walking around with goosebumps listening to Laura Sheeran doing her thing right at the kind of the peak of what she had been doing a number of years ago and I remember walking up like over to where Backline was set up and like throwing up, strapping on my little bass guitar and looking out over an assemblage of humanity and going fuck am I going to do <laughs> and um, I turned to James and he goes are you nervous sure not we're among friends so that's the one yeah, thing that kind of is, is the one thing that you know no matter where you are no matter how big or small it is you know people are generally there for the gig no one's there with their arms crossed and throwing judgment at you. Yeah. You know, that's and a I think point. that's very true. No one came to heckle us. No one did come to heckle you. <laughs> yeah. But that's also like the best part of the Cork scene. And right now the scene is in a really strong place in terms of heavier or more untoward things. We were talking about aerialist earlier, talking about you drawing influence from within Cork itself, which is mm. um while not unheard of, not also a um a common phenomenon among younger bands who maybe don't start kind of figuring out 
or, or start back working out um, the vestiges of the scene for a, a couple of years. Um, what are your thoughts on how Cork music is at present? Who do you like? What do you make of the venue situation, etc.? Uh, I think like, there's like a really like strong like scene, and like you can often like talk to people who are kind of like maybe less involved in like the music scene, or maybe less like like don't freaking geeks as much, and they're kind of like, oh, there's nothing on in Cork and things like that. It's, like, but like you open your eyes, like there's so much on, and there's so much like variety of styles, kind of like throughout Cork. Like it's like on a given night, it's like there's like you could be at a hardcore gig, like a metal gig, like sound art installations. Like hip hop, um, like there's there's such a like broad variety of like genres kind of being, exp- and I think it's really cool that it's like it's becoming like, quite a broad scene where that like, it, that the bands you're seeing is like like there's not a lot of like copycat bands like amongst the scenes like you're getting a lot mm. of very like distinctive styles mm. coming out and like people really like carving their own niche, and yeah I think I think it's like a really like thriving scene in a lot of ways that there's like there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. It was definitely a nurturing environment for us, anyway. Yeah. I'll say that much. Yeah, and like again, it's like everyone's like, like for the most part, like I think there's like, you know, I've had, I've met like one or two like musicians, I'd say in Cork, that I was like, yeah, that guy was like, just trying to be really competitive and kind of being a bit of a, a douche about it. But like, most people are just like, just nice, and everyone's just like trying to support each other, and like everyone's like dancing to each other's music and like sharing each other's music, and it's just it's kind of like a scene that supports itself in a lot of way, which is cool that like. Like, you can sometimes end up at a gig where, like, the only people in the crowd are other bands, but everyone's just having a good time, and they might not even be playing that night, but it's just bands supporting bands, and it's just, it, yeah, it's cool. Um, the venue the venue situation is kind of tough because, like, there's a lot of really cool spaces, but it can be kind of tricky sometimes because there can be a hef- hefty kind of charge to rent out a venue, and if you're not kind of guaranteed that you're going to make, you know, 100, 200 quid back on a night, it can kind of put you off organizing your own gigs, Um just because like there's there's a lot of factors going to you know, like pulling together a crowd for that night, and, like we like we were thrilled with our launch, but like we don't know that like if we do another gig, say in two weeks' time, are we going to pull seventy people again? It's like fact is we probably wouldn't. Keep I, your powder dry, boys. Don't be yeah. doing gigs kind of every two weeks until <laughs> yeah. keep them guessing, kill your draw. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up for you, uh, but first we're going to go back to some more tunes. Um, JJ Lee finally striking out on his own with his debut solo single which was released and premiered in Nile 9 only last week uh, with Thursday yeah it's great I, was, I love uh, it dude I, I think I was saying it to, to to the lads recently that like it's it's not why, what I expected at all when JJ said he was releasing a single but simultaneously it's exactly what I expected <laughs> and it just it's so Kerry but it's just also just oh, so is. cool. <laughs> but is that not the JJ thing? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. it was like I, I when I saw him release a single, I was like, I was like, I don't know what to expect from this. But then when it came out, I was like, yeah, this is this is this is what I wanted. Yeah, this it's is on exactly the mark. what I wanted. It's, it's on perfect. the mark. Yeah. You also have Laura Duff with "Up to You." I is class a classmate of mine, Laura. Yeah, that's a really good song. Like a lot of she's good, really good musicians behind her as well. They're kind of like uh, including Mr. Lee yeah, himself, Mr. Lee, mm. the usual suspect, and, uh, and Chris O'Sullivan on behind the kit as well. Another great player. Kind of featuring on Ape and him as well. Just uh, no, she's good. Good band behind her. Really good stuff. Excellent. We'll get straight to it. So this is JJ Lee with Thursday here on Red on Red. Yes, 
Bond to kill him.
Laura Duff with recently released single Up To You taken from her For Your Company EP This Is Red On Red still joined in studio by Rory and Alex of Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector before we wrap up lads what's coming up for you next? Um, so well we've uh, a few dates coming up hopefully over the summer um, I think kind of like exact dates to be confirmed so I suppose kind of like keep an eye on our social media so that we're hoping to do a show in Cork and, and, and where can you be found on the social oh, media oh yes uh, if you go on Facebook and look up Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector you can find us or on Instagram at Gilbert the Prospector or on Bandcamp on Gil- G- Gilbert www.gilbert uh, oh, or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector dot bandcamp dot com you're even having trouble with it now at this stage oh yeah I know yeah that's it yeah. we usually mask it with a uh, Delays and vocal effects anytime you say it live just covers up any flubs. You really, should have brought back that box. I know. Just, kind of just brought it through for. It really, it really grows on you the fifth time you say it. Like yeah, <laughs> it does. It's just it's when you haven't learned off that it stops exactly. being a problem, etc. Yeah. But um, you get confidence with it. Yeah. What streaming services can your album be found upon, and will there be a physical release? So um, our album can be found on Spotify, Bandcamp. Uh, Google Play, iTunes, kind of all the, all the kind of the usual kind of ones. I think like probably like Tidal and Amazon Music and whatnot. Oh I yeah, I don't know who's listening to those ones, but it's on, it's on yeah, Jay-Z yeah, that's is. true. We, we we ticked all the boxes anyway when we were, when we were releasing it. Um, physical release, like we'd love to do a physical release. There's no plans as of yet to do a physical release. Um, we are kind of throwing around the ideas of there's, a of a tape release there are some things with, uh, swirling around Donna Donna's kind of like cooking up some ideas yeah uh, with Teletech so we'll, he's a we'll magician see. dude yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see how that goes uh, kind of nothing to confirmed yet but uh, we'd love to I'd say eventually to do a vinyl release if possible but I think we'd need uh, we need to kind of guarantee that we'd, uh, we'd, we'd shift a few units before committing to that, uh, that that's for people with jobs it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll go talk to Dublin Vinyl they'll start you out with a short run at uh, Ooh, yeah. relatively recent notice and on that note that's all for this week's episode of Red on Red Cork's new music podcast from Red FM and Red Extra.ie thank you very much to Rory and Alex of Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector for Ooh. joining us in studio this episode Thanks very very much. much. Thanks for having us. And thank you very much for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe, leave us a review on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as other podcasting platforms. Please share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106. Lads, you're leaving us with another of your originals. This is Dust of Old Stones. This yeah, is my favourite one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I love this song. Talk to us a little yeah. bit about how it came together. Yeah, that was a cool one. It was just like, that just that, that bass line that Mick has, that was just kind of like the driving force for the whole song. And then it was just, after that, it was just like, let's just make something that's just like, kind of just sweaty and just yeah. tight sounding. Just like, the uh, feeling of like, <laughs> being like trapped in a black hole, essentially, yeah. is what we're I, going for. I, I do so little on the guitar in that one, because I, I, I love Michal's bass. He he does this, like Michal's basically playing the guitar on the bass. Like, he's playing chords. Yeah. And, that, that like blew my mind first time I, I heard that and uh, it comes through really nice in the recording so I just don't I don't even do anything with the guitar like I'm doing so yeah, little I, I think it's just like a nice one just to, like add some like spacey slides and things like that it's just yeah and I'm really happy with that, how that song came out and I think it's one of the only songs as well where we all sing on it as well yeah yeah we all well, we all just have little yeah. yelps and screams here and there yeah. yeah well we'll get straight into it so this is Gilbert and the unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospector with Dust of Old Stones. This has been Red on Red, and we'll talk to you next week.
Dust of all stones Dust of all stones Can't hear the voices